ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا أيها الذين آمنوا تقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس تقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهج هج محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار مرحبا بكم جميعا أهلا وسهلا we continue with the explanation of the 40 hadith of al-Imam al-Nawawi rahimahullah ta'ala rahmatan wasi'ah. And we are still with the hadith of Jibreel alayhi salam. And we arrive to the portion of the hadith. وَقَالَ يَا مُحَمَّدْ أَخْبِرْنِي عَنَ الْإِسْلَامِ فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ Al-Islam and tashhad an la ilaha illallah wa anna muhammadan rasulullah wa tuqima as-salata wa yu'tiya az-zakata wa tusuma ramadan wa tuhujja al-bayt in istata'ta ilayhi sabila qala sadaqt qala fa'ajibna lahu yas'aluhu wa yusaddiquh Umar bin Khattab radiallahu an he mentioned that the questioner he said, O oh Muhammad, and tell us about Islam, or tell me, or inform me about Islam. The Prophet said, Islam is that you bear witness that none has the right to be worshipped except for Allah, and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. And that you establish the prayer and that you pay the zakat And you fast Ramadan and you make the pilgrimage to the house if you have the ability to do so The questioner he said you have spoken the truth Umar radiallahu an he stated We were amazed at him that he asked him and then he confirmed that he spoke the truth these are the five pillars of Al-Islam. 
And these pillars are the foundations of the deen when it comes to that which is outward. The first pillar being the two testimonies of faith. La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. The second pillar being the establishment of the prayer. And the salah is the most important act of ibadah after the two testimonies of faith. After the shahara, the most important act of worship is praying five times a day. Then you have the giving of the zakat and fasting in Ramadan and making the pilgrimage to the house if you have the ability to do so. And these other acts of worship are also important as they are from the pillars of Islam. In the last class, we began to cover the condition of La ilaha illallah. And that La ilaha illallah is not just a statement that a person verbally mentions, but rather they are conditions. They are things that are connected to the statement La ilaha illallah or Ashadu an La ilaha illallah. And the first matter we covered is Al ilm. That when a person testifies to La ilaha illallah, it is a must that the person has understanding of the meaning of what he's saying. As Allah Azza wa Jal, He commanded the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, فَعَلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لِذَنْبِكَ Allah Azza wa Jal, He commanded the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam have knowledge that none has the right to be worshipped except for Allah. So here, Allah commands the Prophet with ilm, with knowledge. Knowledge of what? Knowledge of La ilaha illallah. Also, it is a must that the person who says La ilaha illallah or testifies to La ilaha illallah that the person has certainty for having doubt negates the person's statement of La ilaha illallah. When a person says none has the right to be worshipped except for Allah, they have to be sure about this affair, sure about Islam. Not wavering. Is Islam the truth? Is Islam a fake religion? Is Prophet Muhammad wasallam really a prophet? Is he the last prophet or is he a false prophet and the likes? One has to be sure what he is testifying to. As Allah Azawajal describes the believers, إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ ثُمَّ لَمْ يَرْتَابُوا That indeed the believers, they are only the ones who believe in Allah and they believe in His Messenger and they do not have any doubt. 
So in order for one to be a true believer, you have to have certainty. When you say, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah, I bear witness that none has the right to be worshipped except for Allah, there has to be certainty that's behind this statement. And not doubt. The Prophet wasallam he mentioned in this narration is in the Sahih from the, from the Hadith of Abi Hurairah radiallahu an, where the Prophet wasallam said to Abu Hurairah, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa anni Rasulullah. La yalqallah bihima abdun ghayra shak fihima illa dakhal al jannah. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said to Abu Hurairah radiallahu an, I bear witness that none has the right to be worshipped except for Allah. And I bear witness that I am the messenger of Allah. There is no servant that meets Allah with these two statements without having any doubt, except that he will enter to paradise. So here, this hadith establishes that one of the conditions of entering into paradise is that a person has certainty when it comes to believing in La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. You can't have doubt about this. Another narration, the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned to Abu Hurairah, مَنْ لَقِيْتَ مِنْ وَرَأِي هَذَا الْحَائِطِ يَشْهَدْ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ مُسْتَيْقِنًا بِهَا قَلْبُ فَبَشِّرْهُ بِالْجَنَّةِ The Prophet ﷺ mentioned to Abu Hurairah, whoever you meet behind this wall, testifying that none has the right to be worshipped except for Allah, with his heart having certainty. So it's just not La ilaha illallah, and then that's it. No, La ilaha illallah was certainty in the heart also. Yes, you say it verbally, but the heart has to be firm upon what it means, what it entails. So the Prophet ﷺ mentioned to Abu Huraira, whoever you meet behind this wall, as what happened, the Prophet ﷺ, he went missing. And the Sahaba, they became afraid. They thought maybe something had happened to him. So Abu Huraira went looking for him. And he came to like a garden that was surrounded by like a wall. So he crawled to a small area where there was water coming out. And he found the Prophet Sallallahu was selling there in like the garden. So he asked the Messenger of Allah, what's his affair? We was looking for you, we we're afraid. And then the Prophet Sallallahu was selling told him this narration. And he gave him his, but prior to that, he told him the narration, and Abu Huraira went to inform the people. He met Umar. Umar said, where are you coming from? He said, I'm coming from the Messenger of Allah. He said, and he mentioned the narration. Umar knocked him down. He said, be careful what you're narrating. So he went back to the Prophet Wasallam. 
And he's described in the narration as like a whining, almost like a, you know how a child, <laughs> like that. You know? Like he was like in that, in that state. So when Umar came, the Prophet said, Umar, did you do this to Abu Huraira? He said, yes, he said that you said. And he mentioned the narration. And then he said, O Messenger of Allah, leave the people to do work. Meaning don't let Abu Huraira narrate this narration to the people because they may depend upon it and then leave off doing actions. And then they say, all I have to do is say, La ilaha illallah with sincerity, khalas, I'm in Jannah. With no salat, no zakat, no hajj, no nothing. No, 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 that's not the meaning of the hadith. So the Prophet ﷺ said, yes, leave them. Don't narrate it. But later on, it was narrated because this is an amana. The knowledge is an amana. But it shows that at times it is permissible to withhold conveying something of knowledge if it can lead people to something harmful or people having a misunderstanding or people leaving off doing that which is good, depending on the narration. But in any event, Abu Huraira, he narrated the narration in the Prophet ﷺ. He said that the person who testifies to La ilaha illallah with certainty of the heart, then give him glad tidings of the paradise. The third condition, Al-Qubul, acceptance. Meaning that when a person says La ilaha illallah, he has to or she has to accept that which comes along with saying La ilaha illallah. Because when a person enters into the fold of Islam, there are practices that the person is responsible for. And that's a part of La ilaha illallah. It's not just saying la ilaha illallah, then you come into Islam, you're Muslim, then you don't do anything. No, there are things that Allah has made us responsible for, from the worship of our bodies, the worship of the heart, the worship of wealth, and other than that, from the affairs of morals and manners, and how we go about in our business transactions. Islam covers everything and every aspect of life. All of that is a part of la ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah, again, is not just a statement, and then you don't have to pray. Because you already said la ilaha illallah, you're going to Jannah. Ramadan comes, you don't have to fast in Ramadan, because you already said la ilaha illallah, you're going to Jannah. The sister, she accepts Islam, she says, La ilaha illallah, she doesn't have to wear hijab, because she says, La ilaha illallah, the Prophet said, whoever says, La ilaha illallah, since, uh, with certainty, goes to paradise. No, no. The hadith doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean, say, La ilaha illallah, and then leave off practicing this way of life of Islam. Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, Regarding the state of the disbelievers in the time of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, إنهم كانوا إذا قيل لهم لا إله إلا الله يستكبرون ويقولون إن لا تارك آلهتنا لشاعر مجنون. Indeed, 
when it is said to them, La ilaha illallah, they arrogantly turn away. Meaning they don't accept it. And they say, are we going to leave off our gods for a mad poet? So here, when the Prophet ﷺ, he called the people to la ilaha illallah, they arrogantly turned away from the call of the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ, and they did not accept it. Because they understood that accepting the statement of la ilaha illallah meant that they had to abandon the worship of the idols. And they were not ready to abandon the worship of the idols. So here the scholars mention regarding this verse that the disbelievers in the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam they did not want to submit. They did not want to submit to La ilaha illallah. They didn't want to accept it. They did not want to submit to La ilaha illallah. Now. Another point is al-inqiyad. This is another condition. Adherence. Adherence to what the religion entails. As Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, وَمَن يُسْلِمْ وَجْهَهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَهُوَ مُحْسِنْ فَقَدْ اسْتَمْسَكَ بِالْعُرْوَةِ الْوُفْقَى That whoever submits his face to Allah, whoever becomes a Muslim, submits his face to Allah, and he does good, he's a good doer. So along with submission, there has to be acts of good. Not just submission to la ilaha illallah and then no acts as was mentioned, but submission along with doing good. Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, He has grabbed hold to the firm handhold, meaning this is the one who is holding on to the religion. That He has sincerity and submission to Allah accompanied with good deeds. Adherence to the deen or to la ilaha illallah means to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as Allah azawajal has commanded that he is to be worshipped. And it is not for anyone to worship Allah according to or based upon his or her desires. This deen is based upon that which has been legislated by Allah. And who is Allah? Allah is Al-Alim, Al-Hakim, Al-Khabir. Allah is the All-Knowing. Allah is the All-Wise. Allah is the All-Aware. Allah is Ar-Rahman, the Most Merciful. So we have to understand that the practice of Islam comes from Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
As for us, we are deficient in our knowledge. We lack wisdom in most cases. We are not aware of all things. We don't have the knowledge of everything and the awareness of all things. So we have limitations. So from the wisdom of Allah, Islam is not based upon what you feel or what I feel. Because there may be a time we have a feeling, but that feeling is wrong. So if Islam is based upon what the people feel, what the people think should be Islam, then this opens up the door for there to be mistakes in the religion. Because people are subject to be mistaken. As for Allah, He's free from error. Allah makes no mistakes. Allah, He knows everything. Allah is perfect and complete. Allah is capable of doing all things. Allah is the most merciful. Allah is the all-seeing, the all-hearing, the all-knowing, the all-wise. Allah is the kind and generous. These are the attributes and the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we are practicing Islam, we know that Islam is coming from one who is perfect and complete. And it is not coming from one who is subjected to error and deficiency. So as a result of that, there must be adherence and submission. Another matter, barakallahu fikum, as-sidq, truthfulness, and al-ikhlas, sincerity. As for the truthfulness, then it is a must that when a person says la ilaha illallah, he means it. As Allah Azawajal described the hypocrites, وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَقُولَ آمَنَّ بِاللَّهِ وَبِالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَمَا هُمْ بِمُؤْمِنِينَ يُخَادِعُونَ اللَّهَ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَمَا يَخْدَعُونَ إِلَّا أَنفُسَهُمْ وَمَا يَشْعُرُونَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضٌ فَزَادَهُمُ اللَّهُ مَرَضًا وَلَهُمْ أَذَابٌ عَلِيمٌ بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْذِبُونَ and from amongst the people is the one who says or those who say we believe in Allah in the last day. They say it. But they are not believers. Meaning they say la ilaha illallah. They say Muhammad Rasulullah but they really don't believe in la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. Who are they? They are the munafikun. Allah goes on to Mention their description. They seek to deceive Allah and those who believe. But they only deceive themselves and they do not perceive. In their hearts there is a sickness. So Allah increased them in the sickness. And for them there is a painful tournament or painful punishment, excuse me, a painful punishment or painful torment for that which they used to lie about. Meaning when they used to lie saying that they believe in Allah. When they lied and they said La ilaha illallah and they didn't mean it. They lied when they said Muhammad Rasulullah, they didn't mean it. So it's a must that when a person says La ilaha illallah, that the person is saying this truthfully from the heart. Truthfully, the person means it. Not being like the hypocrites who say La ilaha illallah, but they do not mean it.
Another narration, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, مَا مِنْ أَحَدٍ يَشْهَدْ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَأَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ وَأَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ صِدْقًا مِنْ قَلْبِهِ إِلَّا حَرَّمُهُ اللَّهُ عَلَى النَّارِ The Prophet ﷺ said, there is no individual who testifies to لَا إِلَهَ إِلَى اللَّهِ that none has the right to be worshipped except for Allah, and that Muhammad wasallam is the servant of Allah and his messenger, truthfully, sidqan min qalbihi. Truthfully, so again, not just making a statement. There are things that are connected. He makes the statement, but he is being truthful in what he says. So he says it truthfully from his heart, except that Allah will prohibit the hellfire from touching him. And because of his truthfulness, because of his sidq, Allah will protect him from the hellfire. As for the sincerity, and here's a question. What's the difference between saying la ilaha illallah truthfully and saying la ilaha illallah sincerely? Or are they both the same? Sounds the same, but are they the same? <laughs> Truthfully and sincerely, yes. Are they the same, yes or no? They're not the same. What's the difference? Go ahead. But you go and want to get your brother out of jail by calling a, a witch doctor, a witch doctor, something similar to this. You're going, you going sincere. somewhere else, brother. <laughs> no, no, I'm just You're going around the whole block right now. No, where are you going, brother? No, I'm giving an example. Come on back home. No, I'm just giving an example about my mom. She says she's leaving. And then she showed that she doesn't believe by doing, you know, something wrong, you know? <laughs> yes. Not really. Truthfulness is a part of the heart. When a person is being truthful, it's also from within. The difference is that when a person says La ilaha illallah truthfully, they mean it. Meaning they actually mean it. As for the sincerity, they're doing it for Allah, not for anyone else or anything else. That's the difference. The ikhlas is meaning that the act, the statement is, is for Allah. When they say La ilaha illallah, it's for Allah. So when a person becomes a Muslim, a man becomes a Muslim, he comes to the masjid, he says, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah, Ashadu an Muhammad Rasulullah, and we know, alhamdulillah, we stand up to meet the brother, but the whole time in his heart is only to marry the sister who's waiting in the back. And he knew that she will not marry him unless he come to the masjid and take, accept, take, take the shahada, accept Islam. That's not accepted. Outwardly, we have to treat him like a Muslim because we don't know what's in his heart. 
But with Allah is not accepted because he didn't do it for Allah's sake. He did it for the woman. Or likewise when sisters become Muslims for brothers, it's not accepted. There has to be sincerity. When a person says, La ilaha illallah, there has to be ikhlas, there has to be sincerity. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he stated, أَسْعَدُ النَّاسِ بِشَفَاعَةِ مَنْ قَالَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَى اللَّهِ خَالِصًا مِنْ قَلْبِهِ أَوْ نَفْسِهِ The most happy of the people with my intercession, or meaning on the Day of Judgment, is the one who says, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَى اللَّهِ Sincerely from his heart or from himself. So when a person says La ilaha illallah, the person has to be doing it for the sake of Allah. It can be to take a woman's hand in marriage, to take a man's hand in marriage, to attain some dunya, to just fit in with the Muslims, but really you don't mean it. It has to be for Allah's sake. Because this is a matter of worship. And all worship is the right of Allah. And it has to be for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another point is that when a person says la ilaha illallah, it has to be based upon love for Allah. As we know, when we worship Allah Azza wa Jal, we worship Allah based upon love, fear, and hope. Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions describing the believers. وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَتَّخِدْ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ أَنْدَادًا يُحِبُّونَهُمْ كَحُبِّ اللَّهِ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَّدُّ حُبًّا لِلَّهِ and from amongst the people, there are those who take partners and equals besides Allah, loving them as they love Allah. But those who believe love Allah more. So here Allah Azawajal describes that the disbelievers, they love their idols as they love Allah. Meaning... They love Allah and they also love their idols, but they love them the same, which is shirk. Or they love Allah as the they excuse me, they love their idols as the believers love Allah. However, the believers' love for Allah is stronger than their love for their idols. Or the other understanding, the believers' love for Allah is stronger than the disbelievers' love for Allah. But you do have from amongst the disbelievers those who love Allah. However, they commit shirk. So here, barakallah fikum, these are the conditions of la ilaha illallah. And some have put it into some lines of poetry. Al-ilmu wal-yaqeenu wal-qubulu wal-inqiyadu fadri ma aqulu wal-sidku wal-ikhlasu wal-mahabbatu wa-faqaqallah لِمَا أَحَبَّهُ That 
you have the knowledge, certainty, acceptance, adherence, understand that which I am saying. And also there is truthfulness. Lahda. So that I fixed the recording. So he mentions, or is mentioned in the lines of poetry, and then you have truthfulness, and you have sincerity, and you also have love. May Allah give you success to that which He loves. So some of the scholars, they mention seven conditions. Knowledge, sincerity, truthfulness, knowledge, excuse me, knowledge, certainty, truthfulness, sincerity, love, adherence. No, 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 these are conditions of la ilaha illallah. Knowledge of it, certainty regarding it, truthfulness when saying it, sincerity when saying it is for Allah, love. Of the statement and what it entails, adhering to what the statement means, that's seven. And some add in disbelief in that which is worship besides Allah. Meaning you turn away from every other religion other than Islam. As Allah Azza mentions, in the dina in the Islam, that the only religion with Allah is Islam. Well, as Allah Azza mentions, وَمَن غَيْرَ الْإِسْلَامِ دِينًا that whoever desires a way of life or a religion other than Islam, it will never be accepted from him. And then in the hereafter, he will be from amongst the losers. Both are in Surah Ali Imran. طيب. Now we come to Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with a testimony that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu is the messenger of Allah. This entails a number of affairs. When a person testifies to Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu it means that we have to believe with certainty and with, and with sincerity and truthfulness that he truly is the last and final messenger of Allah to all of mankind. And Prophet Muhammad sallallahu he was not just sent for the Arab. We have to believe that Prophet Muhammad sallallahu is the messenger for all. As Allah Azza wa Jal he said, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ And we have not sent you, O Muhammad, except as a mercy to all of creation. So that means the Prophet ﷺ is a mercy, not only to the Arab, but for the non-Arab. Shaykh al-Islam 
Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah, he had a debate with a Jewish scholar. And the Jewish scholar, he was saying that Prophet Muhammad is not a prophet. He's a false prophet. So Shaykh al-Islam, Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah, he asked him, is Allah the all-knowing? Is Allah just and fair, capable of doing all things? He asked him some questions regarding the attributes of Allah. And the Jewish scholar, he acknowledged, yes. So, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Qayyim, he then went on to ask him, so here we have an individual for 23 years, doing things in the name of Allah. Speaking in the name of Allah, combating people in the name of Allah, doing things in the name of Allah for 23 years, saying he receives revelation from Allah, and Allah never sent a real messenger to expose him, that he's not a messenger. So he said, okay, he's a prophet, he's a messenger. But, he's only for the Arab. This is the comeback of the Jewish scholar. So, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah, he said to him, are prophets truthful or do they lie? He said, no, they are truthful. Prophets don't lie. He said, well then, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi said he sent to all of mankind. And then that was it. He was defeated in the argument. SubhanAllah bihamdi. Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he's a mercy for everyone. He's not restricted to a certain people or a certain geographic location. The Prophet's call is for all of creation, all of mankind, even the jinn. The Prophet sallallahu is a messenger for the jinn. Anyone who denies that the Prophet sallallahu is sent to all of mankind, then he has denied the speech of Allah and he has denied the he has denied the statement of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he mentioned that he was given five things. That no other prophet was given. Number one, he mentioned that he was given Jawami al Kalam. Jawami al Kalam is the ability to speak with few words, but these few words have vast meaning. Another matter. The earth was made as a place of prayer and purification for the Prophet ﷺ. It wasn't like this for the previous prophets. If the time of prayer came in and they were on a journey, they could not pray. They could only pray in those structures that were built for the worship of Allah. Unlike us, alhamdulillah, the time of prayer comes in, we can pull the car over and go right on the side of the road and pray. 
As the Prophet mentioned, جُئِلَتْ لِي الْأَرْضُ مَسْجِدًا وَطُهُورًا That the earth has been made as a place of worship for me and a purification. We have tayammum. The previous nations did not have tayammum. If there was no water, they could not pray. Alhamdulillah, from the mercy of Allah upon us, a person does not have water or the ability to use water, the person is allowed to make the dry ablution and then he can pray. Also, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned. Also, the Prophet ﷺ he mentioned, Barakallah fikum, that the spoils of war have been made permissible for him, whereas it was not permissible for the previous nations. Also, the fourth matter, Allah aided him. By striking fear into his opponents a month ahead of time before he reaches them. And the last point, and this is the shahid, that every prophet was sent to their specific people. That's it. Isa alayhi salam, he was for Bani Israel. Musa alayhi salam, Bani Israel. Every prophet prior to Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, when Allah was sending them, he would send them to their respective peoples. They were not for every single people. The Prophet Sallallahu says, But I have been sent to all of mankind. So a part of believing in the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu is that the Prophet Muhammad has been sent for all of mankind. And he is the last of the prophets and messengers. But what about the return of Isa salam? When Isa comes back. He's coming back as what? He always was a Muslim. Yes, he's a follower Because he always was a Muslim All prophets and messengers are Muslims They all submitted to Allah They all worshipped Allah alone They all adhered to the rules and regulations of Allah That were respective to them But he will return as a follower Of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, And he's not coming back In the position of a new prophet and messenger to us He's coming back as a follower of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu and he will judge by the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu Believing that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu is the Messenger of Allah, that means that we will worship Allah the way He taught us to worship Allah, because He's the Messenger. He's the one who conveys the message. So. We do not know how to properly worship Allah except the way of the message that comes with the Messenger. As Allah Azza wa Jal mentions, وَمَنْ يُتِعِ الرَّسُولِ فَقَدْ أَطَاعَ اللَّهُ That whoever obeys the Messenger has obeyed Allah. So obeying Prophet Muhammad is obeying Allah. Why? Because it is Allah who sent him. It's Allah who sent him. And the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he don't speak from himself. When he's teaching the people the religion, this is not something that he's making up. As Allah azawajal mentions, وَمَا يَنْتِكُ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيُ يُوحَىٰ And he doesn't speak from his desires, it is only revelation that is revealed to him, meaning the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So these are some important matters connected to the two testimonies of faith.
And it's important, barakallah fikum, when we speak to people about Islam, and we call the people to Islam, that we take the time out to explain these things. So that when a person is becoming a Muslim, they understand what they are doing. And not just say, say la ilaha illallah, repeat after me. person don't know anything. And the person says, la ilaha illallah, you're Muslim now. SubhanAllah. person doesn't understand what it means to be a Muslim. What la ilaha illallah means. When the Prophet sallallahu called the people to la ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu they understood. And this is a very important point. So when we call the people to Islam, when we call the people to Islam, pay attention, Ikhwan. Let the Imam address that issue. Okay, brothers, pay attention, those in the class, let the Imam address that issue. I'm not here, I didn't just come here and just put the table here and just start teaching on my own. And the Imam, he knows that there are people who come late. They miss the Jama'ah and they come after and pray. And the Imam never said to stop. So that the Imam and administration deal with that affair. We have class, barakallah. We try to be respectful and keep our voice as low as possible. Barakallah. So it's a must that the people understand the meaning of la ilaha illallah, the meaning of Muhammad Rasulullah. The meaning of Islam. So that when they're entering into Islam, they're entering into Islam upon knowledge. They're understanding that they have to be sincere, that it has to be for Allah. They understand that it's something that they are doing because they want to do it and it's not something that they are being forced to do. That's important. Because if a person is forced to take the shahada, it doesn't count. Allah Azza wa Jal mentions, لا إقراها في الدين that there is no compulsion in the religion Meaning you can't force a person to become a Muslim There's no compulsion in the religion The truth is clear The, the guidance is clear from misguidance Therefore whoever disbelieves in the false deities And believe in Allah then he has grabbed hold to the firm handhold that there is no breakage to it. So here Allah Azawajal establishes we cannot force people to become Muslims. Because it has to be from the person themselves. They want to become Muslims. Another reason why we don't force people to become Muslims because the guidance of Islam is clear from falsehood. So once the people know the guidance, they see the truth from that which is false. So there's no need to force people. But here's an important point here. Guidance has become clear from falsehood, shows that the people must know what Islam is to give them the opportunity to accept Islam based upon knowledge. Based upon knowledge. Afterwards, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he mentioned the salah and he mentioned the payment of the zakat and fasting in Ramadan and making the pilgrimage to the house for the one who has the ability to do so these are the other pillars of Islam so Islam is based upon these five pillars and in the next hadith hadith number three the author he brings the narration that's specifically focused on the five pillars of Islam but it's important that 
we mentioned those things regarding the two testimonies of faith. Umar bin Khattab, he went on to say that the questioner said, you have spoken the truth. He said, we were amazed at him that he asked him and then confirmed that he spoke the truth. Because normally when people are asking questions, they're asking questions because they don't know. So it was amazing that the questioner asked the Prophet wasallam a question. The Prophet answers and then the questioner says, yes, you're correct. Like, how could this be? You're coming to ask the questions, meaning you don't know. So he said, we were amazed that he asked him, and then he confirmed. Then he said, inform me about, فَأَخْبِرْنِي عَنِ الْإِيمَانِ Inform me about Iman. قَالَ أَن تُؤْمِنَ بِاللَّهِ وَمَلَائِكَتِهِ وَكُتْبِهِ وَرُسُلِهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَتُؤْمِنَ بِالْقَدْرِ خَيْرِهِ وَشَرِّهِ he said, inform me about Iman. What is faith? The Prophet ﷺ, he said that you believe in Allah, His angels, His books, His messengers, the last day, and that you believe in the divine decree, the good of it and the bad of it. The question is said again, you have spoken the truth. Here we have a point. In the scholars they say, Whenever Islam and Iman are mentioned together, they mean something different. But whenever they are mentioned separately, they have the same meaning. And they say this comes from the principle, إِذَا اجْتَمَعَ اِفْتَرَقَ وَإِذَا اِفْتَرَقَ اجْتَمَعَ That when the two come together, the meanings separate. But when the two are mentioned separate, the meaning is the same. Similar to... Uh, when the two are mentioned separately They have the same meaning But when they are mentioned together They have a different meaning Or البر taqwa. When the two are mentioned together They have separate meanings When they are mentioned separately They have the same meaning Or الإثم Udwan, Same thing, same principle when Islam and Iman, as here in this narration, are mentioned together, Islam refers to that which is outward. If you notice, the testimony, that's the statement of the tongue. Although, yes, the heart also has to be in accordance and in agreement with the tongue. This one is blocking me. It's plate number right. GZH2433, a Hyundai. You're blocking the brother. So when Islam and Iman are mentioned together, they separate. Islam is in reference to that which is outward. Testimony of La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, establishment of the prayer, payment, zakat, fasting. These are all outward actions, outward statements. An iman refers to the belief of the heart. Belief in Allah, belief in the angels, belief in the books, the messengers, the last day, and belief in the divine decree, the good of it and the bad of it. At times, you'll find Islam being mentioned by itself. Like, in the deen, in the islam Indeed, the deen with Allah is Islam. Here, it covers both that which is outward and inward. Not just the outward affairs, everything. Outward and inward. 
And sometimes iman, uh, as Allah Azza mentions, ma kan Allah imanakum, that Allah will not waste your iman. What is meant by iman here? Huh? Their who? Their salat. Iman here means salat. This verse came down when Allah Azza wa Jal changed the Qibla from Jerusalem, from Masjid al-Aqsa to Mecca, the Kaaba. So the Sahaba were worried. What about those companions who died before the Qibla was changed and their prayers are all towards Jerusalem? What's going to happen to those prayers? Allah revealed, Allah will not waste your iman. See, iman here, the word iman, but it's dealing with something that is outward. Now, so here in this hadith, Islam refers to that which is outward, and iman refers to that which is inward. The first matter of iman is to believe in Allah Azza wa Jal. And what is meant by believing in Allah Azza wa Jal? Number one, believing in the existence of Allah. And that is something basically that's embedded in the fitrah of the people. Everyone believes in Allah's existence. Except for those whose fitrah has been corrupted. Like the atheists who say that Allah doesn't exist. But even you have from amongst them, they verbally say that, but within themselves they know that Allah exists. Why? As the Prophet mentioned, مَا مَنْ مَوْلُودِ إِلَّا يُولَدْ عَلَى الْفِطْرَةِ There is no child except the child is born upon the fitrah. And Allah, He mentions how He took the progeny of Adam out of His back. And He said what? أَلَسْتُ بِرَبِّكُمْ قَالُوا بَلَا شَهِدْنَا Allah said to every last one of us, every human being, every child of Adam, Am I not your Lord? And we all said, rather you are our Lord, we bear witness. So it is embedded in the innate nature of every human being to believe in the existence of Allah. However, due to the corruption of the fitrah, due to arrogance and obstinance, you find people saying that Allah doesn't exist. The next matter of Al-Iman Billah, Al-Iman Bi-Rububiyyatihi, Believing in Allah's Lordship. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. All praise is due to Allah, the Lord of the creation. Allah is the Rabb. And what is meant by Allah being the Rabb? Allah who Al-Khaliq. Allah is the one who creates. Allah Al-Muhyir Al-Mumid. Allah is the one who gives life, causes death. Allah is the one, Yudabbir. He arranges the affairs in the creation. The Lordship of Allah is connected to the actions of Allah. The Lordship of Allah is connected to the actions of Allah. Allah is the creator, Allah is Ar-Razaq. It's a part of Allah's Lordship, His Rububiyyah. Allah, He and Yarzuq. Allah, He provides for the creation. As for the third matter, is the ibadah of Allah. This is a part of believing in Allah. That the ibadah is for Allah alone. This is yani al-iman bi-uluhiyyatihi or ilahiyyatihi. Belief in the divinity of Allah. That Allah alone is to be worshipped. Allah alone is to be worshipped. That's connected to our actions. 
The lordship is connected to the actions of Allah. And the worship is our actions that we do for the sake of Allah. And the lordship necessitates the worship. What's the first commandment in the Quran directed towards mankind? Huh? No, the first commandment directed towards mankind. No. And according to not not the first thing revealed, but as we read the Quran as we have it today compiled, what's the first commandment that we come across that Allah addresses to mankind? In Surah, all right, in Surah Baqarah. Ya ayyuhan nas, u'budu rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum walladhina min qablikum la'allakum tattakun. O mankind, Allah is addressing mankind, worship your Lord, the one who created you and created those before you. If you look at the Quran, the first commandment to mankind is that one right there in Surah Baqarah. O mankind, worship your Lord. The one who created you and created those before you in order that you may attain piety. But look what Allah mentions. Worship who? He didn't say worship Allah. Worship your Lord. Why the mentioning of Lord? And who is the Lord? The Lord is the one who created. The Lord is the one who gives life. The Lord is the one who causes death. The Lord is the one who provides. So Allah Azawajal mentions His Lordship as the right of His to be worshipped. Worship your Lord, the one who created you. See, creation, connected back to Lordship. Meaning, worship Allah because He is your Lord, the one who created you. So, inshallah ta'ala, we will uh, stop at this point. And whatever is correct, the praise is for Allah Azawajal. Whatever is incorrect, it is for myself. Inshallah ta'ala, we will continue next Wednesday uh, after Salat al Maghrib. Bi idhnillahi ta'ala. وسبحانك اللهم وبحمدك اشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك